Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Take a guess how cold my house is. I, well, okay. So let's just look, think about for a second how you don't believe in air conditioning. Your house is 80 something degrees. So I'm going to guess that your house currently and in, in the state of California, I think our temperature today right now is just about 58 degrees, which is chilly for us. So I would say that your house is probably at 58 degrees. Ooh, that's a really good guess. It is right now at 60 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to turn on my heater in California. You know what? Look, it was so hot this past summer. And my house did get one. The hottest it got was, I think, 85, 86 or 87, something like that. But if if I had my partner, Eliane, here or my daughter, Leah, you know, they're always whining about air conditioning. So I had to turn the air conditioning on. And so in this, I mean, now that we've sort of moved into his fall or whatever, and you're right, the temperatures have dropped to the 40s overnight. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not turning the heat on. I, I'm taking all the cold air. <laughs> I keep thinking about how my PG&E bill is $7. I don't want it higher. <laughs> you know what? Yes, because my... My um my PG&E is low because I don't use a lot of gas, but my SMUD, the I guess it's the electricity, I guess what that is. It yep. has been in the summer, it was it reached $272 one month. Oh my god, holy shit. Yes, right? That is next level, right? That's next level. I mean, I have solar, so mine, I think the highest I saw mine go over the solar was $72. Wow. And I had my AC running, I mean, every day, all night, because I don't like to sleep hot. I don't, my windows open at night. So my house got pretty chilly this morning and I could feel last in the middle of the night, it was, I think, 42 degrees at night. So I got, it got pretty cold in here, but that's the best way to sleep. You know what? It really is. And, you know, I have, I have two stories in this house. So my upstairs used to this. It was built as the attic. And so it's huge up there. Like it's, huge. it's just my bedroom and the bathroom up there, a couple of closets, this kind of deal. But um, because it was the attic and, and maybe because this house is really old, like this house was built in 1925 or six or something like that. There's no insulation up there. Oh. So when it's hot, it's hell and when it's cold it is beyond freezing like it's so cold yeah I love it and so I have these blankets you know and I throw a couple extra on the bed and when I get into the bed it is my sheets are like ice yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I just if I just lay still in that spot it will eventually warm up and then I just don't move it's fantastic I know that feeling because you climb in and you're like, oh, that's chilly. And then every time you move to a new fresh piece of the sheet, it gets cold. So you have to get acclimated to it. Yes, right. I was hearing, I think there's like, oops, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. I think there's some sports people and I don't have names of anybody. But what I heard is that there's these pads that 
are put under mattresses and they're pretty expensive apparently. So of course, sports uh, athletes have them. And the idea is that it cools it's your bed so that they can sleep and have better muscle recovery. You know what? That, I, I can't believe that. Like, why not? I mean, if you think, if you think about it, for the majority, like 99% of human history, this is how we slept. <laughs> right? So we went from outdoors to maybe some type of caves or something, depending on where you were in the world, and some type of shelters by trees or mountains, and then you know, these type of shacks or teepees or these kind of things. So we were always in the elements. And then fire was discovered, you know, a way to like stay warm. And you start building these shelters and stuff. But for most, even after building shelters, whatever society it was anywhere in the world, there was no indoor heat. You just tried to stay warm as best you can. Damn, I know. And that's, to me, it feels good. So I don't, I mean, yeah, I figured... If you're not going to turn your AC on, you're definitely not turning your heat on. I'm not turning on at all, at <laughs> all. And you know what? It might get to 40. You know, it's so cold where if I'm on my phone, like texting or scrolling, that thing happens where that, that one hand starts to freeze over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, best, yeah. the best fix for that is to get in the tub and then just put your hand or like run your hands under warm water. That, that's amazing. Okay. So speaking of tubs, so I have one bath. I have two bathrooms or one bathtub in this house and I call it, you know, my daughter's bathroom because it's downstairs close to her bedroom and it has a tub in it. And I, I've lived here, I think 22 years. Wow. I've never, I've never taken a bath in that tub. What is it a big is it one of those big old school, if I can remember correctly, the ones that are that are super cold in itself because it's just solid. What is it? Solid. Um, yeah. Yeah. That material. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, yes it's uh, I don't know what it is, but it's not clawfoot. And if there was one like that in there at one time, the person who owned the house after the original owners must have taken it out but it is a big hard bathtub that's not a modern one it's probably from the 70s or something like a ceramic yes yeah, like that that kind of material yes, yes. so it is but you know it, it's like it's a nice size my daughter loves it and everything but I'm, just, I'm not a bath person I'm more of a shower person I prefer a bath after I work out and so I can put some really? Epsom salt in and just chill out for a little bit I only shower once a week to wash my hair Really? Yes. So you so so you take a bath every day then? Every day. Wow. And my family finds that disgusting because they're like, you're sitting in your own filth. I mean, dude, I'm, <laughs> it's not like that I've been out in the wild on Survivor and came home and sat in my own filth. I mean, I'm a clean person. It just feels good right. to lay in that warm water with some Epsom salt. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think it's been, you know what, speaking of ancient people, Baths have been what humans have done for most of history. Right. Right. See? Not showers. Like sh and even now, most of the world still do not have showers. So it's not. I mean, what I you're feel doing like it wastes water. I, I think I think it does as well. And I have a little, I just recently put a filter on my shower itself so that it would remove some of like the bad stuff in the water so that my skin and hair feels better. And then I found one for my bathtub. It's like the water sips through a filter system so that the bath water that I'm getting is filtered bath water. And oh. yeah, which is, it was like 25 bucks. So I'm not some rich bitch. It, it sounds fancy, but yeah. Um, and I noticed that my skin is softer. So maybe oh. it could be power of suggestion, but I will tell you that my hair does not get as tangly and my skin definitely doesn't feel dry getting out of the shower. That's so, really nice. Yep. Yeah, you know, my shower, my shower, um, I come out smelling good because, you know, you know, when I was married, my ex had a lot of curly hair. And when she left, she left all her shampoos and conditioners here. Wow, that's a fortune. Right? And so this is a true story. I used her stuff for six years. <laughs> her stuff, she had so many shampoo and conditioner things. It lasted me six years. Damn. So now right? do you have, do you had to purchase any recently or you still you still have some? 
No, so I ran out because they ran out about two years ago. And then I finally had to go to the dollar store and get some like five in one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was like shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, ball cleaner, something else, all in one. Your ball cleaner. Wait a minute. It's no longer the dollar store. I think it's the dollar twenty-five store. It is. The inflation has hit the do- hit the dollar store and the ninety-nine cent store. They've both gone up. Like, and I try not to have a fit in line because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I should not be that person having a fit at at the, the at the the checkout. You know, you virtually do your own checkout. <laughs> You, can't, you know what? You, look, it's too sir, expensive. You cannot, you cannot take the basket out of the store. Because <laughs> it shuts down. Like it, it like just stops rolling. <laughs> like, I am I trying to take gold out of Fort Knox? Like, <laughs> why won't the basket leave the store? <laughs> it just freezes. They put some, they spend so much money on the carts that they had to increase the pricing from a dollar to dollar twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best technology in the world is at the dollar and the ninety-nine cent store stopping those damn carts. Yeah, Target is, could use that. <laughs> right? Those Target carts are all over Sacramento. Everywhere. The homeless, the homeless use them to transport. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so funny. So so then when I started dating Ellen and she visited, she left her um shampoo stuff and conditioner stuff here. And then I asked my daughter, I said, Hey, give me some of your extras. Cause I know, you know, these curly hair people go through, and you know, because you have this big head of curly hair too, they go through like all these different shampoos and stuff. And I'm like, look, when you get tired of that one after we give it to me. So I am loaded up again with shampoos and conditions. It's fantastic. Wow. And, and, and you know what? And you know, my hair is one twelfth of an inch long. <laughs> <laughs> is it even that long? It looks bald. You just took your hoodie off. <laughs> I'll be telling them, I'll be telling them, well, you know what? I use your shampoo. I just do five pumps of your shampoo, but seven pumps of your conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> For your head, not your hair. <laughs> oh my god you know speaking of like just i mean we always we talk about inflation all the time and um you know how companies in general don't align with inflation you know they think that the power of working from home um should save you money so they don't need to like give you any more money because you know you don't have to go into the office you don't have to pay gas you don't have to do all that stuff and so i was thinking about it Anytime I think about inflation, anytime I think about just the government, you know, and capitalism, I was, you and I were talking this week, um, the main story that's come out of the government agency um, is the whole um, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, right? Is is his name Paul? Yes. Yes. 82-year-old gentleman. 82-year-old and um, someone broke into his house. And beat him in the head. He's still in critical condition. The last I heard, um, beat him in the head with a hammer. On it's just it's abhorrent. Like it is. Hillary Clinton correctly called half of the half of the Republican Party deplorables, and that wasn't strong enough. I imagine that Jennifer. He he broke into the house, got that old eighty-two year old man, beat him up. Right. And hit him in the head a few times with a hammer. Tried to tie him up. I 82. 82. And and Rachel Rachel Maddow had a segment on her show in which there were people, Trump's son specifically, had posted a tweet um, about how he is Paul Pelosi for Halloween. And it was a hammer and a pair of underwear that he had set down or something like that. And yeah. how they put a hammer in, 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 you know, normally where you'd put a gun in a holster. Yeah. And then uh, another Republican started laughing at the fact, you know, oh, Paul Pelosi is not going to be able to do something, something or other. It is despicable. Human, human, it's just, terrible. it is, how do you celebrate and laugh at if it was your husband or your spouse that someone broke into your house. Now she is a government agent. And she's second, she is second in line to the presidency. 
second in line. And right. how much shit was there about Kavanaugh and someone trying to attempt it to break into his house? Right, right. Just got near his house. And not only that person, I think he came from California. I think he drove from California. He came from somewhere out west, but I think California. And got near the house, got arrested. And within days, Congress passed a law giving more protection to to uh, Supreme Court justices because Republicans were, they were rightly really upset about that. And Democrats were as well. And Democrats went along because Democrats are generally decent people yes. to pass those laws. Now, Speaker Pelosi, so there's the president, the vice president is first in line. The Speaker of the House is second in line, even though the media has been wrong saying she's third in line. She's not third, she's second in line. They've been vilifying her for decades and then when this man broke it broke into her house now it gets deep because the capitol police provides protection for them and they were they monitor her house they have cameras showing a video showing him breaking into the house and allegedly nobody was watching oh my god nobody was watching so he, he does all that and then like you're saying not only the ex-president's son making those jokes but Republican candidates on uh, campaign, and because holiday just passed, were saying what that man said when he broke in, where's Nancy? That's what they were saying on their campaign speeches. Where's Nancy? Ugh. And now, if you recall, during January 6th, they were also looking for Nancy Pelosi to kill her. I and just today, the leader of the Oath Keepers was sentenced as one of the insurrectionists in January 6th invading the Capitol. And he had, when he was being escorted out, you know what he said? Now he's being sent, he's, I think he got, I forget how many years or whatever, but he said, if I could do it over again, I would bring rifles and I would shoot Nancy Pelosi right then and there. Oh my gosh. He said that in court today. Today. What and so you have candidates saying, where's Nancy? You have these other political and media figures like Donald Trump Jr. and these kind of people making a mockery of what happened. And then you have them spreading lies about, about why that man was there until the man went to court and, and his, or when he was interrogated by, uh, I think it was the FBI. And he said very specifically, because he was from Berkeley, but he's also Canadian. And he, is, he was here, his visa had expired. Oh my God, what the yes. fuck? So, you know, you hear all those stories about all those uh, people from the South, you know, whether it's Mexico, Guatemala, Salvador. Venezuela. Exactly. All that stuff, all those caravans you only hear near election time. This mofo was from Canada, which, by the way, most immigrants come from, come through or the northern border. But, and I don't know how, if he came from the southern border or the northern border, but he was there too long. He is literally what they call an illegal immigrant. And, and he's he going is, to jail. He's going to, he's going to go to jail and then be deported at some point. He tried, he beat her husband and tried to, he was there to assassinate her. I mean, and they're making jokes about it. Like it's okay. I can't, I can't even, I don't even know. There's a certain point you, you, you and I've had numerous discussions. I've had numerous discussions with people that there's, we are in a society now, which is unfortunate that even from gun violence to this, the presidency, the 45th president, I refuse to say his name, but um, if you think about it's the numbing effect. So what's happening is that it's happening so often that we're not even reacting anymore. Like there was a school shooting just a couple of weeks ago and children were killed in that. And it wasn't on the news. It is, we are becoming a society in which we live, we are numb to it and we are taking it as if it is just part of life now. Yeah, it is, it is a, um, this whole, this whole, um, studies and and um, concluded studies where it's very um, well understood that you 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 do and tell things so much that people become numb to it so in America it's violence right so school shootings mass shootings 
murder murders of, of black people in their houses yes you you just it just becomes you know it, it leaves the news cycle within 24 hours but you know this guy being 82 it, it, it hit me a different one because you know i've worked with seniors for years and in the senior housing industry so assisted living memory care independent living these seniors most of the seniors because it's a very expensive um, industry to um, be in as a senior, but most of the seniors in, in uh, as residents are white people, and most of those people are women because women, white women, live longer than everybody. Yeah. Now the men that are there, because most white people in America, men and women, are Republican, they tend to be Republican, and then most of the workers and the caregivers tend to be people of color particularly in California, not everywhere, but particularly in California. And generally speaking, those people lean democratic. And when you're caring for these older people, every now and then they will um, say things that are inappropriate. Yes. And they may say racialized things or gender things. And sometimes they say it because they're just mean, angry, ugly people, right? And sometimes they say it because they may be going through something and they express themselves in a way and maybe they've just reached an age where their filters are gone. They're just going to say things. And then the caregivers and people like me who interact with them, you just do your job and you treat them nicely and warmly and with respect. And eventually, you know, they get out of those moods or things like that. You just treat them the way they're supposed to be treated. Because when you reach a certain age, that 82 year old man or some of the seniors in those care care homes and, and assisted living facilities, they're not going to harm you. They're not. They're not. They may say nasty things. They may say racist things. Some of the men get really uh, inappropriate with women, those young, those young women who work there. And you know what? And that's different. You know, sexual assault is one thing. But the words are not going to harm you. They're not going to go out and burn across the my lawn. They, the, those days are past. As mean as nasty as they want to be, they, those days are past. That 82-year-old man in his home, 82, he's not, he's not going to harm anybody. That man's not harming anybody. At all. Like, you can disagree with his politics. I think he was in, in finance and worked on Wall Street. He made a lot of money. You can disagree with all that stuff. But that 82-year-old man is not hurting anybody. There was no reason, A, for that man to break into his house, and B, to harm him. Of course, there's no reason to harm to do anything to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, but why would you harm that each year, man? Like, there's nothing. You don't get anything from it except thrown in jail. That that's it. That's just that is just like that's just evil. Like, why would you do that? That, that, that is just evil. It's state. So what it is, you know, in general, it's evil, right? He's just a he's a sociopath, psychopath, all of that. And you think about you, you and I used to talk about this in our careers when we found cheaters working in, you know, slamming, selling stuff to customers, finding workarounds. You thought to yourself, wow, if you took your mind, your criminal mind and applied it to something good, you could probably do a lot of amazing things in this world. And that gentleman, if he would have taken everything that he did as a fucked up human being and applied yeah. it to doing something good, he might have met been known for something better. That's exactly right. And you know, his family, they've already interviewed his family. His family said, oh yeah, he was just a regular guy. And then he got sucked into Fox News. Oh. And from Fox News, he went to all the conspiracies, all the QAnon, the Old Keepers, all that stuff that also scientists has proven. If you consistently watch Fox News, you were, you were being trained and you were being taught to hate everybody. Wow. You're just being trained to hate everybody. Then you go down these, these bunny trails of just nonsense. And just all of a sudden you think that somehow, that somehow the, the country that makes everything easiest for you is somehow totally against you. And, and you should go commit violence against someone. That is, that is the craziest thing. But you know what? You saw him, you saw him on January 6th. They were just, you know what? They didn't even, they didn't even like democracy anymore. At all. They, you're At proud all. to be Americans. That's that's how you show your 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 proudness. That's how you do it. It's 
it's so interesting because you think about the conspiracy theory like Alex Jones, who, you know, said that Sandy Hook didn't happen. And of course, he was found guilty of all that bullshit. Now he has to pay millions of dollars. You think about how strong and convincing he was and the audience that he had that took on the fact that they believed him. Right. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Like he, he and you know what? And he would, they got him and, and they got him to admit well, you know, I, yeah, I know, I know that really happened. But he looked at his ad revenues from YouTube and his channel. He was making millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, just pushing lies to people. It's like, it's like um, Steve Bannon and Rush those Limbaugh. guys with Donald Trump. They were pushing, give us money to build this wall, right? And people gave tens of millions of dollars, and then you know, years two later, it was exposed. None of that money went to that. Those guys just kept all that money. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I don't even it's know how you stupid. get into that. Yeah, it's just, it just, it is. It's it's baffling. Like, it's just baffling. Like, why do you fall, fall into, into that stuff? So, it's you know, all those conspiracies come out to be the same. You know, you know, the election was stolen. Birds don't exist. There's, you know, the government spraying stuff in the air. The Illuminati is there. Jewish people control everything. It's just all that stuff goes into a big bucket. Or like Obama gives Obama phones. People get free Obama phones. You know, <laughs> the black people get free college, and you know we get preferential treatment and all this like this weird stuff that's literally the opposite of the truth and facts. Oh, it, it's, believe in it. it's it's crazy because. You know, on these podcasts, this is our 29th one. Is this our 29th one or 28th? Yes, we're building it up. And and you, I've had very clear discussions that I'm a very strong supporter of Newsom. We've talked about it on a numerous podcasts and, and thinking about the government. And, and, you know, there are some agencies, New York being one of them in California, when passing laws that are helping the employees when it comes to their uh, salaries. So recently, I think it just came into play for New York, and I I think January 15th will happen for California, is that any job that you post in your organization in New York, I think it's six employees, California might be 15 employees, that whatever job you post, you you have to disclose a salary. I like it. I, and what this is going to do is, yes, of course, they're going to give some kind of range to avoid, you know, but what this is going to do is to look at current employees of those organizations are going to see what they're being, what new new possible employees are going to be offered. And I think that this, I personally think this is huge. I support it. I think it's beneficial so that I'm not at an organization for 10 years and some new manager comes in and they're going to make $10,000 more than me because whatever the case may be, they could be a male. Um, We have had equality uh, across the board for all minorities. I think this is a good indication. I am. So I I think Colorado actually started that law. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I think they, they initiated it. New York just happened and California is next. I I don't know who's next, but let me tell you, I love it. It's a good law. And you know, it's funny how as workers, you know, we have been um, brainwashed to believe our salaries should be a secret and that benefits the corporations who, who can lowball people, right? Like you said, we know, we, you've heard the statistic forever that for every dollar a man makes, women make 63 cents, yeah. right? And we can be very specific because these are facts. Whatever, for every dollar a white man makes, a white woman makes 63 cents. A black man makes about 60 cents. And a Latina or Hispanic woman makes about 56 cents. Wow. And one of the ways that's, that's perpetuated is we keep salaries secret, like they're secret. And, and it definitely will benefit people um, who typically make less, um, women minorities who make less for the same jobs, same skills, same experience, same education, all those things. You should be paid within a few dollars here and there the same. And you know what? This happened to me once in my career. I was in this job once and probably probably my seventh or eighth year in a job. And one day I get a, um, 
call from HR saying, hey, we got good news for you. And I'm like, what's the good news? And they said, you're getting an increase. It was just like middle of the year somewhere. No, it wasn't like increased time or annual review time or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. What's it for? They go, well, you know, occasionally we do a salary review and we try to make sure um, everybody's equitable. And so the, the typical, I, here's what I believe. The response they wanted me to say was, oh, great, thank you. I'm very appreciative. But you know, when somebody, you know, when somebody tells you good news, or me good news, I'm immediately skeptical because I'm black. So, <laughs> so I said, because um, the raise, the increase was the largest increase I had ever gotten at that company. Wow. Right. And so I said, uh, and I think I can't remember the amount, but let's say it was, it was, um, let's say it was a $15,000 annual increase. And let's say that because that's what it was. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I said, oh, that's a really nice increase. I said, so um, I, I asked the HR lady, I go, did any of my counterparts get this same increase? And she said what they normally say. I'm not allowed to say. Disclose that, yep. Right, I'm not allowed to disclose that. And I go, okay, I, I respect that. Cause you know, you're not gonna get through the HR wall like yep. that. And so I go, so I've been in this job seven or eight years. How long has my pay been under what you think it, or you're saying it should be? She said, well, you know, we do this occasion. I go, what does occasionally mean? Is it every year, twice a year, every five years, whatever? And she said, well, no, it's just sometimes it can be every year. Sometimes it can be every couple of years. And I go, well, when's the last time it was done? She said, well, probably about five years ago. I go, so for five years, I've been underpaid a, a, according to, you know, this scale that I, don't, that I don't know exists. And she goes, well, no, not underpaid, but we just want to make it equitable. And so I go, so do I get any back pay? And she said, well, no, this is just takes effect on your next payment. And I go, well, if it was inequitable or unequitable for five years, why wouldn't you give me that for the five years? And she goes, well, I don't really, I, I know you don't have the answer. So go, go ask your boss. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Let's do this. Don't give me that increase until you give me that answer. Right. Yeah. And so about maybe about uh, 10 minutes later, my boss called and said, Hey, I'm getting calls from each other. You don't want this increase. <laughs> that, so that's how they twisted it. You wow. don't want this increase. <laughs> Shut the front door. Shut up. Right. And so I said, well, that's not how the conversation went. I want the increase and I want the backpack. And he said, oh, she said you didn't want. I said, no, I want an explanation for why it was so low for so long. And why did it take? this long to get me right right yeah and so my boss said oh man look we don't want to go through all that we just want I go I know but just give me an answer to make me feel better so it took about two weeks and they came back and said hey here's what we're going to do we're going to give you the increase and we're going to give you another like ten thousand dollars like a one-time kind of deal so they were doing all this stuff and they could have just said we recognize you were underpaid for seven years or something like that. It shouldn't have been that way. We compared your salary as a black director to all these other white directors and you're way below. We're going to make that up for you. Here's your, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's all they have to say. I wasn't going to sell and do anything because it was just more money. I'm like, okay, but I just wanted an explanation. And so I got all that. I got all that. And I was happy and grateful and everything, but it goes to show if you just, if people don't know what the, your counterparts are making, then if you're a woman or a minority, it is guaranteed in America, you're making less than that white guy next to you. It just is guaranteed. Doing just the same job. Approver. Yep, the same job. The, the exact same job. So I am all for that law because you should know. And it also applies when you start applying for jobs and they need to tell you how much are you going to make in this job as opposed to saying, you're going to make between 50000 and 500000 Like, bitch, that don't tell me nothing. 
Wow. So they, ha- so I didn't know that element of it, that layer of it. So they have to tell you yeah. this job is going to make 40,000. Yes. They, they have to, they, they have to give you a reasonable range because people are, companies are already exploiting it by saying like something ridiculous, like between 25,000 and 150,000. Oh my God. Bastards. They're all, already doing that. So yeah, they're trying to tweak it. So that may still be there for a while, but at least you can now see here's what this what this job what this job pays. Unbelievable. I, you know I, I mean, I, yeah. You know what? I hope I hope I hope that it means that when you know you see these videos of people yelling at these customer service people and stores and you know whether it's restaurants or you know um, supermarkets or wherever these frontline people that got to deal with these Americans, you know, okay. we're, we're a nightmare. I, I would hope it, it makes someone pause and go, you know what, this, this um, gap employee who doesn't control inventory, pricing, returns, you know, none of that stuff. They, they, none of that stuff. When you're yelling at them and, you know, they have no control over, over themselves saying, I can't take that back. Or at Starbucks, I can't give you a free new mug. You know, all this kind of weird stuff people come up with. If, if you start knowing this person makes $15 an hour or $12 an hour, or in some states, $7 an hour, maybe that'll make you pause and go, why am I yelling at this person? Yeah, why am I taking my frustrations out on somebody that can't do sh- jack shit? Exactly. They don't make the rules. They didn't advertise that. They didn't call you, send you the flyer. You know, they... They're not the ones, they don't do anything. They're just right there to do your order, to cash you out or check you out or whatever. You know, the person at the popcorn place at the at the theater. Like, if they don't give you a free refill, that's because they're not allowed. Like, they can't do it. I, I saw something online, someone was complaining, a celebrity was complaining that they got, they, they got to the gate late and they had this big piece of luggage and it was Delta. And Delta, the gate agent said, well, we, there's no room on the plane for your luggage. We got to check it. And the celebrity had a bit of a fit. And then, you know, went online about it after the fact and everything. And this employee from Delta said, you know, we are told in no uncertain terms that the plane will leave on time. And once the inside crew tells us at the gate it's full, not only can we not take you and your luggage, we'll take your luggage on, but we're told if we do, we get fired. Wow. Delta, they tell us that every month. If you do that and it causes any, a minute delay, you lose your job. So now you're this person flying or you're a celebrity or anybody flying around, you get to your gate late, you start yelling at that gate agent person. That person got rent, they got kids, they need food, they, you know, they got to pay all these bills we all got to pay. And you're yelling at them and you're this. In this case, it was a rich and famous celebrity, but it could be anybody. You're yelling at this person and they're just like, God damn, I want to tell you to fuck off. But I, this is my job. Yes, you don't have to. I, my job's going to come before. And you know what? Get your ass there on time. Right. Get there on time. And if you're late because your other fight was late, it's not the gate agent's fault. Nope. <laughs> nope. Who was the celebrity? It was... Um, it was this lady, she put it on Twitter, Shirley Ralph, I think is her name. A beautiful older lady. And I shouldn't say older, she's a beautiful lady. And she was coming from some awards. She's like acclaimed, all this kind of stuff. And she just put it there, you know, Delta, I'm really upset, you know, blah, 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 blah. And some the Delta, a Delta employee put it in her comments that I would get fired if I did that. Like, think about this. I would get fired just because you were late. And yelled at me to take your your luggage. So I have to stand there and get yelled at. It's just, that's why I don't yell at, I don't yell at those front lines, those fa- customer facing people. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They can't, they, they don't have the autonomy in most cases to do something. And on top of that, I wish, you know, you see all these videos of Karen's in the wild. I wish there are days. I wish it would cross my path. I, I wish I would see someone disrespecting a human being. I wish because I one for not, would not even stand by and film it. I would be up in someone's grill, and maybe that's just me choosing violence on a daily basis. But I to think about we've all been frustrated with customer service agents, and it's sometimes it's because of the way they position something. Sometimes yes, yes. they're not very helpful, and 
it's not that they can't do something. It's how you're being treated that triggers you. So you yes. start to like get angry. And then you realize towards the end of the conversation that I, one of us has to take control and that should be the person that reacted to, you know, someone making $16 an hour to say, listen, I know you're not responsible for it. You're getting the brunt of it. I'm really sorry. You know, but we've all been in that situation where we're like, I better take a professional pause because I want to reach through the phone and choke somebody. Yes. Yes. That it, it does happen, right? you like, you, you sometimes, you know, those frontline people, um, I don't know if they're having a bad day or sometimes they're just nasty. And it's like, holy moly, like, why are you talking to me like that? Exactly. And it's a exactly. nightmare. You know what? Let me tell you what. I was at Disneyland this past week, right? And my daughter really wanted to go. There's this restaurant in um, Pirates of the Caribbean and over in New Orleans Square. It's called Blue Bayou. And it's hard to get in because it's not very large. And it's a really good sit-down meal, right? And... And it's if you go on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride on the inside, you actually go past this restaurant. You can see it, and the restaurant people eating can see you go by in the ride. It's really cool, but it, it's very small, so the reservations are like impossible to get. Like you, it's like it's like an exclusive restaurant, and sometimes they're booked a couple months in advance. So we go by there every day to see if we can get in because they they will sometimes have a standby list. And every time we got there, they're like, nope, standby is full, standby is full. So then I think it was on our next to last day. I go there and um, Art is at the, I think his name is Art. He's at the, he's at the door checking people in. And it's, it's like 11 o'clock. And I go, I think his name was Art. Anyway, I, I go, Art, I've been here four days, thousands of dollars, trying to get into this restaurant every day. And I know it's booked. It's just three of us. So what can you do? Right. And I told my daughter and she was with her best friend. And I go, just stand at the side and look like innocent little teenagers. Right. And so he goes, oh, I'm really booked. You know, all the, all the, all the walk-ups are, everything's booked. And I go, yeah, I know. I know. Help me out. And so and this guy is probably in his forties. Right. And so he goes, he looks around, he looks at me, he goes, come back afternoon. And then he gave me the little look. I gave him a look back. So we walked away. My daughter said, what happened? I said, well, I think I just made a connection with Art. Just ask for a little favor. So we hung out a little while. Then we go back um, at 12.01. And Art was gone. There's a different lady at the front door. And so I walk up to her and I go, hi, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) And they have those day badges on. I go, hope you're having a good day. I go, hey, I was here about an hour or so ago, and Art told me to come back right now because I don't have a reservation and walk up is through, is is full. And he asked me to come back now because he said there may be something available right now. And so Amanda now is probably in her 20s. Okay. Right. So I'm thinking she doesn't have quite the power that Art would have right in those situations. But I didn't say that. I was just thinking that. And so, and so she goes, hmm. So then there's a lady next to her, Catherine, and she's older. And Catherine leans over and says something like, something, 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 then the word, the name Art. And then Amanda looks at her clipboard and goes, she says back to Catherine, yes. And Catherine says, give them that table. And so Amanda goes, okay, come right on in. And she, <laughs> took, us, she took us to the center table in that restaurant. Wow. <laughs> It was the, it was a remarkable it was a remarkable <laughs> sequence of of one pleading my case very kindly to a guy who was so I thought he was sort of my peer because he was you know in his forties or something and then being very kind to Amanda right respecting her and Catherine the older lady overhearing it and then me saying oh hi Catherine thank you very much and working and it all worked out wow you know. I'm in an industry right now. I mean, that serves the, that, you know, we deal with customers and sometimes I help my team. And I, I think I told this story, but you know, someone, I, I had made a comment to a customer and 
I wanted to type something to them to let them know because it was in chat. I wanted to type something to let them know that I was going to go look. So I used the word think. Now, okay, I get that. I just said, I think it comes with that. And she said, I didn't ask you. Oh, no, think is not good enough. And I thought to myself, even if it works for her, I'm telling this bitch no. I'm just going to say it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do what you want it to do even though it does I don't want her purchasing from like I thought to myself how on earth could you type that to another human being and it's because we weren't face to face because I bet her ass wouldn't have done that if we were right in front of each other right that you're you're exactly right you're exactly right like what Whew, that could be that could be so infuriating infuriating so yeah I think you know, and for the sake of this conversation, since I've already let my, you know, my current boss know, I work for a company, a lighting company, as we all know, and I gave my two weeks notice yesterday because I will be starting with another company come November 30th. And wow. yeah, it's kind of, it's, I don't know how many that listen to this podcast have, have gone through a transition where you work with a company, things are okay. They're not awful. You're not getting berated by your boss. You actually, in this situation, I like my boss. He's pretty amazing. Um, super supportive. It's just been, um, I've been in this organization where after a couple of years using my voice and not being heard has led me to, um, to, I guess, look into or be open to hearing from, from other organizations. And I did, and I had great dialogue and I went to dinner on Tuesday night and they offered me the job even before we ordered our food. So um, I'll be leaving there and starting at this new company who does like promotional um, marketing stuff. So your flags, your tents and all that. And you know what? Congratulations. That's a great story. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's a great story. You know what? We should one of these shows. We should do a um, um, advice show for career people. Yes, right. Because yes. we have we have a lot of we have a lot of experience in corporate America. Between right? you and I, I mean, you've yes. been working since what? At in corporate America, since what age? I I started with uh, full time with Sprint. I was in Burlingame, California. I was 17 years old. I lied in my application. Wow. Yeah. And so, 17. and I've been in management since maybe I was 20. I was in management since I was at age 20 until I stopped, you know, at age 56, 57 or whatever. So, so 37 yeah, years. Yeah. We got a lot of experience of hiring, firing, writing reviews, uh, performance feedback, dealing with good bosses and bad bosses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause that's 50, that's your 37 years. I'm about 25. What is yeah. that? 70, 62 years between both of us from a, yeah, I think that would be good for, maybe we'll think about if anybody listening wants to hear about situations in corporate America that maybe they're struggling with, you know, we always tell us, yeah. tell you where to find us on social media, reach out. Maybe Myron, you have a huge Twitter following. So maybe um, gather some information from some of your folks. Yeah. Um, and we can talk through some of that. I think that's a good idea because it's something you were just saying about accepting another job. Like you're in a job, you have a great career and you're with a great company and you like your boss and you were open to hearing from other companies and another company comes along and offers you a job in this great position. And I'm assuming it's equal or more money or more opportunity or something like that. And then you're taking a job. And you know what? Sometimes in America, sometimes workers um, get in a, in a job and it's good. And, you know, and they close the door to other opportunities. Yep. Right. Because you, the company you're in, they're not loyal to you as an individual. They're loyal to what you're producing for them. And you, they compensate you for it. And it's really great and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean that you can't go somewhere else. And companies will, particularly as people start rising through the ranks, companies will convince workers or employees that you should never leave. You should always stay here. But on the same token, if that company does layoffs or moves or something, you're done. You're done. You're done. And so, and so individuals should not be loyal to companies. Individuals should take all they can from companies, 
until such time they think I'm going to take something else from another company and go ahead and do it. Because we are all free agents all the time. Just all the go time. Work. Just go. Yep. Yep. Now, there's a lot of factors, you know, moving and bills and all that kind of stuff. But you have the opportunity and the right to always be looking for a better company. And that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because you, so, it's, yeah, it's, you did it. I did it. And I wasn't sure if I was going to because the team that I work with, um, you know, you always have one or two that you're like, eh, I could do without. But I mean, in general, this team is really strong and solid and, and just good, solid workers. We have good camaraderie, good team spirit. We've been working okay. together for four, four plus years. So part of that leaves you there because there's some comfortability because you know the job. And I think that's what happens, right? So you think, I, I, I talked a little bit about this with you that it becomes an imposter syndrome. Now you, yeah. you think, oh my God, maybe I just got lucky because you know, the people in the role are really good and maybe I'm not that great. And, you know, even though I've been successful in my career, you always think that, Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. And I'm not, and there's a level of keeping me humble. I know that there's a quality of myself that is not replaceable, but I also think that keeping that humbleness so that when you yeah. go on to new positions, that the team that you're inheriting that's currently there are going to be the people that you're going to need to lean on. So developing that strong team is super essential. And so I, you made a statement during our conversation that said, you might not know the product or how systems work, but your experience follows you where you go. And yes. that really hit home for me. And I think it's a good uh, topic that you say, hey, sharing that with our audience, because you forget that. I forget that the 25 years of leadership doesn't just stop where I'm at. It's part of who I am. And that goes with me. Right. And that's such, that's such an important thing because um, like I, since I've known you these 20 years, you work for um, different companies and you've done all these different jobs. So whether it was um, in the mobile industry, telecommunications and that, or website and website design, you know, um, business, business communications and those things. And those things can be very different, but the skills to a learn and to also lead those skills are always transferable. I mean, just since you know me, so I worked at Verizon for a while. Um, I worked, I was a, I was a marketing director for the country's largest um, independent uh, pool equipment, commercial pool equipment company. Yes. And I, I, I don't even like water. I, I don't like to swim. I don't even do anything, <laughs> but I learned how to market a product and I had to go through a certification process to learn to be uh, what's called a um, CPO class, a certified pool operator. So I had to learn everything about not just a, a backyard swimming pool, but about massive, massive um, facilities of water. So think like a lazy river at a hotel or Olympic sized pools or water parks, those kind of things and learn about chemicals and and um, heaters and pumps and valves and all the, you know, 10,000 different pieces of equipment. I had to learn all that stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know this, but I, but what I do know how to do, I know how to market it and I know, I know how to run a team and so forth. So I learned all that. And I went from that to a couple of other jobs. And then finally in the senior business, this lady hired me. She said, I said, I've never done this. She said, yeah, but you have great sales skills. So just come on in here. And I learned that industry with no training. And you know what? Because leadership skills, and the ability to learn something, whether it's sales or service or something like that, um, those are transferable. You can learn those things. Now, there are specialized skills, like if you're an engineer or our friend Katya is, she's learned how to code and program and those kind of things. Well, those are very specialized skills. But leading people and learning how to sell products and stuff like that, you could, I think if you do that for one company, you do it for almost any company. You forget that. You don't, because you, you think that the the company that you work for the or the new job and their products and their systems it's like you think you're starting all over but essentially you're not really starting over with your experience so it was a good reminder and i think that's super yeah. critical to talk about and i know some of the people that you know a kirk you know i've talked about on this on this podcast he looks forward to listening to them and um He's one of the employees that I, that works for me at this moment. And I know that he's a little bummed because there's a level of just respect we have for each other. And, and there are, 
through my career and I think through yours, I've developed friendships with people at every job and still maintain them through all these years. So I think if you are with a company and you have some people that you really enjoy, they don't just aren't just work friends. They're also like actual friends in, in outside of work. So I'm excited. Yeah. About that. That's nice. That's nice. When do you, when do you start? Um, November 30th. Oh man, that's nice. Are you going to like take some, you could take some time, like leave. And just, yeah. Just, I'm like, leaving here on. on the 16th. So the 16th will be my last day. And then it, it's good because Ooh. I built up a lot of PTO. So that'll help pay that, you know, that little gap of money that you don't get for that two weeks. Um, so that'll be nice. Ooh, I'll be able, that's nice. I'll be able to spend some time. I think my nephew, my nephew Jax is off for school because he's one of those that do I forget off track or something so he's off for this entire month so maybe I'll spend some time with him and my sister and um that's it so nothing too exciting I've never not worked uh Black Friday weekend so this will be the first year in my career that I'm not working Black Friday so you could use that time to get caught up on your shows what are you watching these days um wow I am all the really good shows right now are on on um what a like abc nbc uh, yeah network tv right so i've got the resident new amsterdam is so spectacular right now the resident the good doctor is really good um gray's anatomy is so good right now um so i'm watching those and being caught up on those specifically i'm i think there's a couple shows uh, coming to back to HBO, but not until maybe the first of the year, like succession will be back. Um, there's also a couple shows coming on that look really interesting on HBO, some new series. So I might check out some of those. Nothing too crazy. I finished okay. the watcher. Um, That's creepy. Yeah. It was creepy, but you know, and this doesn't ruin it for anybody. Cause you can look it up online in general. The watcher was never caught. Never caught. Yeah. That's never caught. Story. Never caught. So they embellished a lot in that show, but um, it was good. I told Margaret, you know, I told, she asked me if it's worth it. I said, I'd find better TV. I don't know. I, I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like I'd recommend it because there's no um, finality to it. There wasn't. It doesn't end. Yeah. It, no. it, 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 like the series stops, but it just like, we don't know. We, we don't know anything. Exactly. What are you, what are you watching? So... Ever since I got back from Disneyland, I've been like going through trying to finish things that I had started. So I'm trying to finish um, The Patient. I'm a couple episodes behind Ooh. on Hulu, Steve, Steve Carell. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, and I love that there's just like 25, 35 minute episodes. It's so really good. Um, and then I have been binging again. I've taken, I took like almost a year long break of binging The Walking Dead. Oh, really? Yes, because I guess the final season is coming up and I had, I had made it all the way to season seven. And I think I, I mentioned this in one of our earlier podcasts long ago that after maybe three seasons, I started rooting for the zombies. Oh so, <laughs> so, I'm still rooting for the zombies, like, because every now and then a person who's been on the show for, you know, a bunch of episodes or maybe a couple of seasons, their contract runs out and they get like just destroyed by a zombie. So I, I live for those moments. Wow. So I have made it to season nine and maybe episode like five or six. And the, Netflix only goes up to season 10 because I think season 11 is coming up and that's supposed to be of the main show, the last season. And I guess there's some spinoffs and all that kind of stuff. So I I'm binging, but you know what I've, you know what I've done? The episodes are like 45 to 50 minutes, right? On Netflix. I watched the opening. I fast forward about 10 minutes to somewhere like not the middle, but somewhere before the middle when something important happens and then I fast forward a little bit past the middle, something important happens. And then I watch the final like 12 minutes. <laughs> okay. That's it. Because all the rest is just people talking about nothing. It's just nothing. It's just, it's just nothing. Now, I'm happy that the writers have a job. 
that's good. You write, keep on writing those dialogues and all that stuff. I'm not listening to all that shit. <laughs> no, I don't. That's what I do with those shows that are on like Netflix, like Glow Up. I I just want to see what you started with and then what the makeup finale. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, you know, you you remind me. Okay, I know uh, we're gonna end this. And so Ellie and I, Elian and I, are just started watching the third season on Netflix of like Instant Married or Married, something like that. Oh, with, with Nick Lachey and his wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's, yes. what's that called? Um, what is that called? It's the third season. Um, it's not Married at First Sight, but it's on Netflix. What is that called? Uh, Dang it. Um, what is that called? Not Love is Blind. Oh, is it? <laughs> What I don't know what the name of that show is. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, and so it's the it's it's it's, it's not love is blind, huh? No. Oh, here it is. Okay, I, I just looked up. It's called it's the Netflix show with Nicholas Shea, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, what were you gonna say about okay, anyway? That so anyway, so it's the third season and Maybe it is married blind or something like that, blind Mary or something like that. So you don't, you only meet someone in these pods. You only meet, meet them by their voice. And you, you do like this speed dating interview, all these people, and you meet them over the course of a couple of days. And then you decide which one of these people by voice and by conversation, do you want to marry? Okay. And, so that is love and blind because they did another one called the ultimatum. Oh, there you go. Love is blind. Yeah. Okay. It's that. And so, it's season three. You pick a person and then they put you up in a little cottage somewhere for a couple of days. They see how you're doing. And then you get to meet families, you know, this typical kind of deal. And then they arrange a, then they arrange a wedding. And, and you either say yes or no. But I mean, you would have proposed before this. And then you either go through with the wedding or not. And you see these people, how mismatched they are. And it just, it's a, it's a disaster. And so, and so somebody ultimately gets stood up at the altar. Like that's, that's the, that's the big scene towards the end of the show. Who's going to get stood up at the altar. It's fantastic. So you meet people based on blind and then you finally meet them and then yes. you spend time with them in a pod and then you decide yeah. if you're going to marry them or not. Yeah. And you propose to them sight unseen. What? Just, just based on these conversations you've had in this, in this room where you can't see them, you can only hear them. Hell no. You propose, and then after you propose, and if if she accepts, then you get to see each other, That and you see each other for the first time, and then they whisk you away for like a little cottage, and there's two beds, you can decide to sleep together or not, and you just, you, as a viewer, you're watching them get to know each other, and then you get the, the families come to visit, and then you decide, then you have your wedding. They set up your wedding for you. And you can either show up or to the guy, you either show up there, you don't leave her standing at the altar, or the guy, you're standing there and she leaves you standing at the altar. Oh my God. It's a mess. It is, it is so messy and petty. And uh, I love it because it's so <laughs> awful. <laughs> Sounds like me, messy and petty. <laughs> <laughs> right? It is the best. So that, that's what I'm watching right now. That's awesome. So um I I I you know what? I don't think I get into those because I don't like those two. When I tried that ultimatum show, I was like, eh, I don't really like them. So I didn't watch it. Um uh, maybe if I get bored and no other good TVs on, then maybe I'll watch one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, and that one is. I don't mind watching a little process for like with The Walking Dead and a couple of horror movies that I watched recently. I just I skip to like get to the get to the the meat of the show. Like I don't want to get hear all to that the title. good part. Yeah, the um the movie Nope is coming on N O P E is coming on Ooh, Peacock. I really enjoyed that movie. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to watch it. It's November eighteenth. I don't go to really go to theaters, and I think doesn't um Wakanda Forever come out this week or is it next week? It's on the eleventh. So I already have my tickets. Of course you do. And when I was in Disneyland, um, I bought a new like sweatshirt kind hoodie kind thing that is a, a Wakanda one. So it will be I will be the only one in the theater with this particular Wakanda sweatshirt. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
so funny. Yeah, so I'm going. I think he comes out on the 11th, and I believe we have tickets for. It's on the 11th. I, I don't know what time, but I'm really looking forward to it. Wow, that's gonna be good. I'll wait for it to come here. Everybody said I should watch it in the theater, but God, the theater's so dirty. It is. It is, and um, my daughter insisted. I really don't mind. We're gonna go. You know, I like the assigned seating. Yeah, so that's good. we're going to do it. And we wear our mask, like we're going to do our mask in the theater and stuff. And I am happy to get my own bin of popcorn, like my <laughs> own movie theater popcorn. Like that's my thing. Just, I, I don't want to share my popcorn. And my daughter, you know, she's puts her grubby little hands in my popcorn and just like drives me crazy. But like, there's no defense. You can't like, I can't throw out at a theater. No, <laughs> or your life. <laughs> You just you just stand there like a dumb, like oh, just taking my popcorn again. <laughs> oh my god! So wait, we're wrapping up now. Was this our twenty eighth show? This was twenty. I think this is twenty nine. Huh? This might be twenty nine. So our next one will be thirtieth. So we'll have to do a little. Maybe we won't do thirty things that we hate, but we should start thinking about just starting the show with three things that we hate. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. So yeah, this this is show episode twenty nine. Okay. So when we do next, when we do episode thirty next week, that's a good idea. We'll do things that we hate, and then we'll do some job stuff, some career advice kind of stuff, and then um, maybe we should also start. I mean, we need to start talking about Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where can people find you? You can find me at Jen Van Land and Veg on IG, Big Button, a Smile on TikTok, and Twitter, Redheaded JV, Redhead. Redheaded vegan. Sorry, redheaded vegan. So I'm not very active on all those. I'm pretty active on Instagram. So if you find nice. me there, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, you can reach out to me there. What about good, you, sir? Good. Um, thank you for that. Cause your Instagram posts are really good, particularly when you post about this podcast. So keep doing those because I'll share those because you're much better at it than I am. Great. Um, find me on Twitter, my J Clifton. I finally you know, my, my, my original Twitter account got suspended. I ever tell you that story? Yes. So I, have, I have 15, 16,000 followers. And I posted a video about a year ago now that was just some really, it was a TikTok video, some really um, nice Filipino men in the Philippines. They were probably in their 50s. And they were, it was like six of them dancing to Earth, Wind & Fire's September. It was really cool. I posted it on Twitter. Twitter instantly suspended me and said it was a copyright violation. Right now, all look, all the shit that's on Twitter, like, you know, that is a cesspool of hate, misogyny, N-word. They, they permanently suspended my account. And that was a year ago. So I had to, I had to open a new account, start building it up. And I just got to 10,000 followers again. It took a year, but I'm pretty happy about that. So yeah, find, find me there, Myron J. Clifton. Uh, Instagram, same thing, and also on uh, Facebook. And I, I venture to all those sites as I get in the mood um, and see my Amazon author page. Uh, all my books are there, and it's Christmas shopping time, so buy my books and give them as gifts. So episode 30 uh, next week. Jen, I'll talk to you then. Yeah, and you know what, sir? I think we'll also, I, I hate when I do that, is just say, I do think we should take one of these episodes to talk about the each of your books because Ooh, yes. I don't people can look at your books online and go see what they are but I think we should dedicate one of our one of our episodes to walking through some of the books so that uh, people understand of what each of them mean what they represent and a little bit of the storyline so we'll do that next I, I it was such a pleasure today sorry we took you guys a little longer than normal we went we went shallow on so many topics and we love your feedback so don't forget to rate us and if they're not positive fuck off and we'll talk to you later okay have a great day peace out mofos bye